At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survived to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls, into the unknown, and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead, the internet's newest and hottest show about Judge Dread. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Uh, I'm doing so good, Dave. Uh, I'm up here in my comic book room. Yep. You know, I don't get a lot of time up here. So, yeah, it's wow. nice. Just... I, I get the impression you get a lot of time when you just polish off complete runs of, like, 100 bullets inside two weeks. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I do a lot of um, reading on my phone. Just, right. Uh, you know, with the paper and a two-year-old, sometimes oh, it's yeah. like, if you want to keep things nice, you got to, you know, 100%. compromise. Now, uh, Adam is in Dayton, Ohio. I am in Sydney, Australia. And it has been a long-standing goal of myself to have a Judge Dread podcast. Uh, obviously, Signal of Doom. We're part of the Signal of Doom network, and I run Signal of Doom, the main show. And Adam and myself do a podcast uh, about Legion of Superheroes called Legion Outpost. But I have long wanted to do a Judge Dread thing. I've been a Judge Dread fan since the '80s, actually. And, um, yeah, and it's going to be so exciting. We're, we're going to start from the start, Case Files 1, and we're doing just, just not, not two big chunks, like we're doing 17 issues in that um, it, it today. And we're going to also mix in some more modern flavour as we go because I, I want to kind of get the, get the feel. So we, we, will be, we will be a bit loose in what we're doing, but we're going to try to start from the start. Um, now, I'll talk about my Judge Red stuff Adam, but first of all, I want to ask for you, uh, how familiar are you with Judge Dredd? Okay, yeah, um, probably a lot quicker history than yours, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of first became familiar with him from the movie, you know, it was on TV when I was a kid. It's obviously the Slice uh, Alone movie we're talking about. Right, correct, yeah, and, uh, you know, I always kind of had a love for that movie, mm. <clears throat> and... Uh, it's a fun movie. And then from... Yeah, yeah, I think it's super fun, uh, you know, those kind of... It was also probably part of it was me being too young to really... For it to be appropriate yet, that sure. it was part of the fascination with it. Um, but yeah, then from there, you know, I never really knew that he was a comic book character for a while. But mm. then the main things I've read have been like uh, Batman, Judge Dredd crossovers. I think I read like the first two or three. Oh, yeah, and they're fun. Uh, they're good. Yeah, and then I like the new Dredd movie. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I wish there was a little bit more, more like world building. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the next thing was just, you know, knowing you. Mm. Uh, but you suggested I read. Um, I forget what it was. It was the one where he's going across the country to Cursed Earth. prevent a virus. Cursed Earth. Yeah, Cursed Earth. Mm. I read Cursed Earth re recently and really enjoyed it. But, yeah, beyond that, just uh, what we're doing today. Awesome. Well, Cursed Earth is, is quite early as well. 
like I, I would say it's probably in like case files too. So it's it's pretty early on. Um, but you can even see how more formed the character was by Cursed Earth as compared to obviously the very, very start. Um, you know, and for those who don't know, like I know 2000D is a British weekly comic that's come out since I think 1977. Um, and Judge Red is kind of their staple character. Ironically, the only issue of 2000AD he hasn't been in was issue one. So he's, his first episode... Uh, they call it progs in um in in UK for some reason, but uh, the first episode was issue two for Judge Red, and he's been in every single week since. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So generally, we'll say two thousand AD featuring Judge Red on the title, um, and so that was for a long time um where he was, and then in the I want to say very early nineties they spun him off into the magazine, which is a Judge Red sort of it's a Judge Red world, so it's a Dread story and also builds out the world more, and that's been going since then as well. Um, so he's kind of got like a sister title as well, and um, I think they've tried to break into the states many times, and Dread Two Thousand D has is like an anthology comic, so it has like a lot of um, different characters you know and stories and stuff so they can be completely independent of each other kind of thing you can have stories that, that you know they're totally separate universes kind of thing yeah um, something that we don't really seem to do as much here in the states um mm. but yeah another that would comes to mind is wasn't there like warrior magazine and that's where the um miracle man stuff came from yeah yeah yeah. i think yeah i think there was a, a lot of that kind of stuff in the in the sort of mid to late 70s mm -hmm. in the uk um, they had like war magazines and all sorts of stuff, and and basically, I think eventually they all sort of died, other than two thousand AD. But look, I I read two thousand AD from I want to say about eighty seven, eighty six or eighty seven, and I read it pretty thoroughly till about ninety three or four, and at the same time digested a lot of older stories as well because the cool thing that they did, uh, I actually got a judge read by playing a role playing game. Um, I was a D&D fan, and a friend of mine had the Judge Dredd role-playing uh, game, and he lent me the, um, you know, the books, and I got, I remember I got my mother to photocopy the entire books and bind, <laughs> and bind them, thanks mum, and, um, and like, they had a lot of lore, they had, like, tons of the history of Judge Dredd, and they had, um, obviously, a lot of comic panels, you know, highlighting what bits and pieces were. So I actually knew quite a lot about the law, and then I went when I got into comics like very shortly afterwards. I went down to the newsagent and found two thousand AD. And, so, um, are you saying you were into two thousand AD before? Like, you know, you're also a DC and Marvel fan. Uh, it was all was about the like same current? time. It was okay, all about the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty much all the same time. I, I suddenly started wanting to pick up comics, and when I went down to the newsagent, as well as looking for those, you know basically DC comics or Marvel comics, I also thought, well, where's 2000 AD? I want to read some of this Judge Red that I actually know quite a lot of the history of now. <laughs> and um, and there it was. And it was the Oz storyline uh, was happening, which is a big, really long storyline where... Um, we'll, we'll do it on the show eventually. But Judge Red basically goes to Oz, Australia. Uh, on mm -hmm. this, It's a big... like It was like a 25-parter. And that was the first one. But then I went back, and what I loved about Judge Dredd in 2008D was, as well as the weekly comic coming out, they also did a Best of 2008D Monthly, where the monthly title 
would reprint famous stories of 2000 AD, and it could be anything. It could, you know, so like their greatest hits, basically. So would they sometimes collect, say, you know, a 10 prog dread story into yeah, one yeah, issue? Yeah, okay, cool. 100%. Cool. Like, they would do all sorts of stuff. There was so many 2000 AD stories that were really good. Um, you had, like, Rogue Trooper, you had Slain, you had ABC Warriors. Like, there was there was a lot of... Astronium Dog was another favourite of mine, and there mm. is some... And Johnny Alpha Astronium Dog does cross over with Judge Dredd. The point I'm trying to say is, like, I quickly absorbed a lot, and so you're absorbing a lot of information, and um, I, I just couldn't get enough. And Judge Dredd was always my favourite. Like, I also really like Astronium Dog, Johnny Alpha, but... Um, He's a cool character with lots of good stories, John Wagner and Alan Grant, um, you know, and Carlos Esquizar are also the heavy creators of that. And we should mention Judge Dredd is co-created by John Wagner, who's kind of like the life and soul of uh, the Dredd comic, basically. He writes an enormous percentage of the stories. And Carlos Esquizar, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, is uh, the artist who is credited as co-creator and has done so many i mean he's passed away recently but he did mm-hmm. so many many great uh judge dread um stories and that is someone you'll see tons of when we're doing um uh judge dread uh, adam there's a lot of carlos esquizera and plenty of other artists as well who who like brian bolan mike mcmahon um I, I really like a guy called ian gibson and his dread and um there's plenty of good artists. Like I'm, 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 I'm naming early artists because we'll start early. But Carlos Cruzero was the co-creator, and um, he's a, a dread that you will have seen many times, kind of like in promotional material and stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, turning to that, um, so we, we 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 made a decision. Like when you're doing something like this that, with a character that's been so big and it's been around for forty plus years with so much content, I thought, well, let's start at the start. But also we'll sprinkle in more modern stuff as we go through and whenever we feel like it, we can detour. But I thought to have a spine to the show, we will start at the start. And uh, Rebellion, who are a video game company, uh, bought 2000 AD around 2000, which was which was a great move because mm-hmm. they do games like Sniper Elite, I think, is their, is their biggest game. Um, and they've been great stewards of the property. They started reprinting a lot of Judge Dredd and a lot of the other 2000 AD properties, and they did a masterstroke. They put together the case files, um, which just collects them in basically slightly bigger than normal trade paperbacks from the very beginning. Um, I don't know, if you, can you get your hands on those case files over there in the, in the US? They're easy to get to off Amazon. Yeah, I was looking at them on Amazon. There, uh, yeah, they're definitely available. I was thinking about picking up, you know, starting to pick some up. Yeah, I think that'd be a very good move. Um, oh, and you—I don't know if you mentioned this part, mm. but you have, you know, nearly the complete set, right? I do, and they—I started buying them when they started doing them, which was around two thousand nine-ish. Um, I just bought them on automatic at the time, and so far there's been—I want to say thirty-six released. And that covers through... There's actually a web page that I use, I use all the time which has all the stories in each of the case files that breaks it down for you. It's very good for reading purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it covers through to about 2003 or four, And I own every one except one case files 19, which I will shortly get. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I feel very proud of myself. I just got Case Files 21, which was a gap in my collection, and I, I and just 19 is the only one. And I can easily get it, so I'm going to grab that, and then I'll have the complete set. That's um, awesome, yeah. And, you know, for the listeners, if you can't tell by now, in, in this case, Dave is kind of the dread expert, and I'm pretty much a noob. So that was kind of part of the reason, I think, where we got into this, where yeah, I told Dave... Sure. Um, and, I, and was... I'm not an expert expert. Like, I'm not someone who's going to remember every single thing. And, right. and I, have, I haven't I have read it since 1977 to now. Like, there were huge gaps in my reading. But that's also part of the thrill. I came back to Dread... I, I've come back to Dread several times, and I always get hooked. And I made a decision... I stopped picking up the um, 2000 AD, because I did feel it declined in quality... Uh, I stopped picking 2000D up in about 93 or 4, somewhere around there. And I did give it a couple of attempts to try to get back into it, but I just couldn't do it. And it, it annoyed me because I really loved Judge Dredd. He was my favourite, and I always felt they kind of got him right. Um, but regardless, I did give it up. And um, then I made a decision uh, uh, not too long ago to say, well, why don't you just start reading the case files from where you stopped? You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and I did that, and I've and I started reading, and very quickly found that the Judge Red title didn't really sag too heavily at all. Like it, you know, it it, it had some, um, you know, Garth Ennis, uh, yeah. obviously from, um, you know, Preacher and Punisher, one of my favorites, The Boys, yeah, all that stuff. Um, he, when he was a very young writer. Uh, was handed the keys to Judge Dredd, and he was a big, big Judge Dredd fan. And he's always quite self-critical of his stories. It was a difficult time for the for for, for the um, for the title, and I wouldn't say they're his strongest work. There's some good stuff in there um, that I enjoyed at the time, like a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to the rest of his, you know, the strength of his work in general. Uh, you know, it's it's probably not his best stuff. But um, when John Wagner left the title to focus on the magazine, from my understanding, um, Garth Ennis was kind of tapped to step in, and I and I actually think he did a he did a pretty good workmanlike job. You know, like it's tough following the master when you're just a young writer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I imagine he was pretty green at the time. Uh, but, yeah, and yeah. Judge Reed's a funny title in that it mixes. A few things, like obviously action. Um, there's also a lot of comedy in in it Dave. at times. Oh. Um, and then there's also sort of like sometimes it's more like a police procedural. So, so it mixes a few moods, and I think someone like him, you know, it was almost like trying to find that balance. That's hard when you're coming in following someone who's been doing it for like you know, like fifteen, twenty years. Yeah, that's fair, but I'd also say you could almost see those influences in his later work with his oh, Punisher sure. and his Preacher, where yeah. you know, very gritty and uh, oh yeah, you yeah. know, often funny and goofy. Oh, dude, uh, look, this is the thing. I, I actually think they made the right choice. It was just he, he was probably not quite as experienced a writer at that specific yeah. time, and it, regardless, it was after that period that I, that I dropped the title because I did feel that like overall, two thousand AD was going through a rough patch. And, you know, and I was focused on other things uh, at the time. So, but anyway, I made the decision. Go back in, start reading from pretty much where I left off. And honestly, after about one case files of sort of like okay material, I was hooked again. And and I'm still reading through it. I think I'm up to case files, think, 32. Um, You know. Are uh, those in colour now or? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
So that's the other thing. So we should mention this before we get started. Um, 2008 in general was in black and white for like a number of years. And so the early Dread stories are, are pretty much all, well, they are all black and white. Like, And for American listeners who don't know, um, what generally an issue of, of, of the Dread story would be like, what, about seven pages, do you reckon, Adam? Like... Kind of be yeah, much more than that. Started out like six, but it seems like they went up a little bit. Yeah, and sometimes they're just like little one shots, but more commonly, you know, a couple of a couple of those seven pages string together and 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 form the complete story mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Um, at some point in the eighties, I want to say mid eighties, they started doing the center page of the two thousand eight comic in color, and. Um, you know, so it was like the big splash page. It would be in color, and that was often judged red in color from memory. And then, as the eighties wore on, um, you know, more and more of the strips were color until eventually it was pretty much all color. So, um, you know, that kind of, kind of happened. Uh, no, sorry, I was going to ask. Mm. I'm kind of curious in today's 2080, or mm. at what point in 2080 did they start giving him more than? you know, the six or eight pages. I, I mean, I imagine since he's the one that kind of caught on that he gets maybe a full 20-page story every month, or am I wrong? Uh, well, I mean, I I don't read the, the, the comic itself coming out anymore, but I think it's yeah. pretty much the same. I think he, he might be given oh, okay. more than six or seven pages, but it's still an anthology comic. Gotcha. Um, okay. so... I was just curious, you know, I would think they would try to capitalize on him a little bit more where it's like here's a full, yeah, you know, no, they they do it pretty much the same, which I also find odd. But they do have the magazine as well, which comes out, and so he has the sister title where he also has his stories as well, and they build the world up. So, and there's also other stories in two thousand in sorry Judge Red's universe that take place within two thousand AD. So mm-hmm. that, that might not feature him, but feature kind of more like other judges or other nations and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like so. He he does tend to dominate. Um, I, I guess it's it's a way for them. What they do is they put out the stories like that, and then they sell them as just normal trade paperbacks, basically. Right. Yeah. So they collate the they collate the stories. You know the different the different seven or eight pages. You know if say if it's like a um, six parter or something, they put together a few stories. And they release kind of pretty slender trade paperbacks, which I, you know, I don't know, I have mixed feelings on um, because, you know me, I prefer my hardbacks and they don't tend to do those. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's how they do it and I guess, you know, um, it, it works. And at the same time, they still keep pumping out the case files and stuff. Like, But, yeah, it is a bit frustrating. Um in, the, in that, like, I don't have a ton of interest in... Like, I'm sorry to say this. Like, I don't mean to be rude. Um, but I don't have a ton of interest in, in, like, much of the other stuff in 2000 AD anymore. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Like, and and that's just a personal thing. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm sure it is. It's just not for me. Uh, and I'm dread-focused. And, yeah, you're sort of saying, why don't they just put out, like, a... a just a, a dread comic. Like, you'd put out, like, a Punisher comic or a Superman comic or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't know. I guess they do the magazine, but even the magazine is a. It's funny. The magazine is is still a collection of stories as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, and yeah, I see what you mean about you know, um, you're paying you know five bucks for the magazine and you're getting maybe six pages of dread. Yeah. Like you, uh, when you dropped the book, um, I could see you know that was why you know. Right, yeah, like yeah. I'm paying five bucks, but I'm mostly paying for Dread. But every yeah. now and then, you know, there's other good stuff, or maybe there usually is. But well, in, it's not in its prime, it. in its prime, it had like lots of good stories. Like it, yeah. it always had that anthology feel where there'd be kind of be a miss. But you, generally, if you're reading five stories, you know, when it was in its prime, like four of them were killer kind of thing. Yes. So you didn't worry about the one that was just okay because that was just the nature of the beast. But it, it, it's a fascinating conversation, and and. I think there's been a lot. I think from memory, there's been quite a lot of attempts to break it wider in America, uh, especially the Dread stuff, which is in in the states. I think Dread is the one character that's uh, you know caught on to some extent. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't <clears throat> know any of the other ones uh, yeah. until I think I started listening to your uh, show. Yeah. So and and that, and that's pretty normal too. And, and frankly, I would neither if I if I wasn't two thousand eight fan. I would only know Dread because he's the one that's had a couple of movies. You know, he's he's in quite a lot of sort of like, you know, he's quite shareable, quite a lot of distinct images. So, okay, now turning to the comic. Um, so Case Files 1, um, we'll kick it off. One thing I want to mention right at the start is I'm when I go back in time, like you look at that image of Dread on the very first page where it says, meet the toughest lawman of them all. I mean, that is Dread. You look at that. The lawmaster, which is his bike, is there with the bike cannon on, the eagle... And then there's Dread, and uh, you know, and that beautiful. Um, I've always loved that title page with that font and the, um, and the, you know, the the badge. Um, yeah. I mean, he's so fully formed, like just as a I, look. I was going to say that. Yeah. It's almost like you know, the design was just perfect that they just didn't really feel the need to tweak it or anything. Yeah, yeah. All these years. And it's funny because, like, in the um, it's like New York. 2099 AD, so they take a couple of issues to, to sort themselves out if it's Mega City 1 or, or Mega City, as they keep calling mm-hmm. it. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, but but like 2099, I always, in my mind, think it's like later than that, but 2099, so we're in for a lot of changes if we're going to get Dreads World. Um, yeah. And the storyline, is this, this is the storyline with this criminal is <laughs> trying to break out Whitey um, he's well. They're trying to break out of the prison, aren't they? Basically, I think is the. Oh no, they're on top of a building. Am I right? Like I'm just trying to work out exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I think they were just like attacking. You know, they were maybe holding the building and. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, you're attacking right. Attacking they, approaches. They're going crazy with these guns and stuff, and then you see dread and see how slim he is early on. Yeah, the, that is one thing they definitely changed was oh, yeah. bulking him up a bit. They bulk him up a bit, and they age him up too. Because the thing I think with Dread supposedly um, is that he it's real time for some reason. Um, so like a year in the comic is a year in his life. Oh. Yeah, I saw that on the cover. It says uh, 2080 Prague 0 to 60 year 2099 to twenty. 2100 so that's pretty pretty interesting that they do it that way yeah yeah well i mean i i sort of think it's also kind of hilarious because like you know he's still rolling around now you know yeah i mean it's been what 50 years (laughs) yeah and plenty of other characters who are in the title haven't aged like 50 years either you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah i think they're always like i dread takes like cybernetics and this and that and like you know i'm like that's what i sometimes think 
does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, does it? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> well, um, another comic I know does that is the Savage Dragon book. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I'm not sure how, you know, they handle it. But yeah, yeah, with the Marvel and DC, it's like nobody really expects any kind of like real time aging. But it's just interesting they did it here. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess part of the reason they do it here is, is they try to build the history of Mega City 1 and stuff. So, but anyway, I love the Chief Justice um, there sitting in his like, because the Chief Judge, by the way, um, you know, is a role that obviously gets handed around throughout the course of Judge Red just due to, you know, wars and assassinations and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. I'm not actually sure who this chief judge is. Um, I probably should know. I'm probably a pretty bad 2000 AD reader to not know who this first chief judge is. One of my favourites was Griffin, but um, that isn't Griffin because Griffin's got an eye patch. So I'm not sure who that is, but um, he's he's giving Dredd some orders. Um, the art is just so primal, and it, it like it's basic, but it works, you know. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I was impressed by is this whole world seems pretty well developed. You know, the streets and the cities, the cars. Um, yeah, I know. Really cool feature that he. He's lawgiver. He's gun. He, when he's when he's when he's blasting them, how he can set them. The judges are trained to have lightning reactions. Dread's gun roared once because the lawgiver is their gun. And, like, the design of the lawgiver, I mean, that's pretty close to the design of a lawgiver now, you know? I think they've made a few modifications over the years. But, you, you know, like, the, the basic design of Dread, yeah, they they sort of modified it slightly, but only, only slightly, I would say. Yeah, yeah, cool. for sure. And so, anyway, they capture these guys, and I always love what they do to this guy, Whitey. They then put him, he's like, no prison can hold me, Dread. I'll bust out and come looking for you. I hate the judges and all they stand for. The prison, This prison will hold you, Whitey. We're sending you to Devil's Island. And it's a huge traffic island in the, in the middle of a vast intercity highway complex. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. Uh, you know, I like these little weird sci-fi futuristic twists of, you know, this is what the future's like. Um, yeah, and computer-controlled lorries roll past night and day at 200 miles an hour. Yeah, so like, you know, it looks like they're just kind of stuck on the platform. You don't see any yeah. place for them to like sleep or eat uh, or yeah. anything. What is this it's just, just death? Kind of is it just like they just starve to death like there? It's, it's not really <laughs> yeah. kind of like uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um and then I like it when he goes um the chief judge says a stern sentence but a necessary one. The people must be protected from violent lawbreakers like him dread. And then dread's got a wall. <laughs> with judges that died defending the law? <laughs> yeah, and they're, like, running out of space there. <laughs> and Yeah, they are running out of space. And he goes, I'll hang up Judge Alvin's budge with the others. And then um, the chief judge is like, sometimes I think we're all going to die like Alvin Dredd. Um, and then Dredd, just classic, maybe. But in my book, that's the only way to go, in defense of the law. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so already it's kind of cool. They already set up his, you know, his whole shtick. Yeah. First, first yeah. issue. Well, he is the law. Um, funnily enough, and I should have mentioned this, um, when I was reading Judge Red, like from the start, I was always like, yeah, Judge Red's awesome. Like, he just, you know, dealing with the lawbreakers and stuff. Like, and yeah, I, I got it that, like, he was, like, super harsh. But, like, to me, I mean, he was the good guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like Judge Red and the way he does things. And then, anyway, at some point, Probably after I stopped reading, like, seriously, probably after I stopped reading the title, I read that, like, it was satirical. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I remember you talking about that on your Signal of Doom show. Yeah. yeah uh, I was that like, does really crack me up. I was just like, what? Satirical? Like, it's not that I didn't say there was humor in the in the comics. Yeah, of course there was humor in the in the comics in the eighties and stuff. Like, but and then I was like, what? So the whole thing is just like one big long joke at Judge Dredd's expense. And but it's not like I mean I think that like elements of it are satire, but like at times it's it's at times it's a straight ahead police procedural. At times at times it's action. At times, it's it's wacky comedy where the citizens of Mega City One are kind of like the wacky ones, and he's the straight man. Right. Um, well, it's like yeah. saying that um, the X Men is entirely about uh, yeah you know, persecution or whatever. Yeah. Where it's like you know a lot of this stuff doesn't really have to do with persecution, like the Brood or all these other things. Yeah. Where it's like there's definitely an element of that. Sometimes they lean into it more than others. Sometimes they don't yeah. lean into it at all. Yeah, I, I know. And it, and then you kind of get the Marvel hype machine, which tries to tell you that it's all about that, you know, when they're trying to go for the socially conscious points. And it's yeah. like, yeah, calm down. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, read a lot of issues at Wolverine that didn't have much to do with that. Um, exactly, right. Yeah. No, I know. But I thought I always thought it was funny that, that I was like, what? And I was just like, I was, and they're like, and people are like, Judge Red's a bad guy. And I'm like, I almost, my response is you should almost go to the cubes for even for even spouting that kind of nonsense. You know, <laughs> there's there's a funny thing in um, Judge Red where like comic books are banned. And like every now and then I think he's found copies of 2000 AD and he censors people for like, for that as well. Like, you That's know, because cool. in Mega City 1 stuff like, caf- you know, like regular caffeine and regular sugar is banned. Like they're, considered like you know really bad and and so there's only like synthetic variants of that but if people have like actual sugar and stuff like he comes down real hard on them it's pretty funny well, <laughs> yeah I, uh, uh, what you were saying about the um satire mm. i watched the documentary on amazon i think about judge dread so was, you know this was what during i guess thatcher's england you know, I don't know a lot about England, but I know yeah. that she was pretty uh, authoritarian, right? Yeah, she was a hardline conservative leader from the late seventies through the through all the eighties, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess some of the things you're saying, I feel like you know, I can see being applied through that lens. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean, like the writers themselves and stuff are, are, are you know, they're they're a motley bunch. Like, I mean, they're pitching wild stuff and. They're, they're sort of like fairly anti-authoritarian stuff. But yeah, I, I can see it now. But um, but I also think a lot of the time they play Dread pretty straight. Like I don't think he's always like the butt of the joke or anything. You know, like yeah. that's not the way I read it anyway. Like I'm like, no, I mean yeah. he's not like uh, wacky or anything. No. I guess sometimes some of the uh, maybe maybe the criminal. Oh, stuff. they're often wacky. Often, often, like the. The city itself is kind of insane. Like, the judges are trying to keep a lid on this massively, you know, underemployed, like, crime-ridden city. And, um, yeah, and, like, you know, there's a lot of wackiness in the in the citizenry, for sure. Uh, and a lot you know, of I'd also even say that uh, Dread comes off a little subdued in these early issues, oh, you know? Sure. yeah. It's not like what I expected where it was like, yeah, you're jaywalking, and then he, like, blows their kneecap off. Oh, and in fairness, he doesn't really do that. Like, you know, you know, like, Dredd will not blow a kneecap off. Yeah, he would certainly arrest them. But, like, 
he does follow the boundary of the law. You know what I mean? Like, but like, if they're being violent, then all bets are off. You know? Gotcha. See, I always had this other perception of him. Maybe, maybe from those Batman stories, they try yeah. to make him a little more edgy. Oh, for sure. But even in the the other story that we do <laughs> after these case files, yeah. he's a little more hardcore. Where yes. I think he pretty much does blow somebody's kneecap off for jaywalking. Well, or well, for in the street or something. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that guy was trying to kill him. Um, I don't think he knew that. <laughs> But we'll, we'll get, get to that. Look, no, certainly at times there's depictions of Dread where he's just like a full-on hard case. And and frankly, I like it when he's a hard case. Like, you know, uh, I'm not a fan. Of, they don't often make Dread have too many emotions, like, really. I mean, generally he's he's a hardliner, which is what I like about him. Like, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of too many times, you know, very occasionally he shows display some compassion and stuff. Like, but, you know, <laughs> fleetingly. You know, like, he's mostly about the law, which I like. Um, anyway. But one thing I will say here in these early issues is just how young and sort of lithe he is. Like, he's like a boy, almost, like, as opposed to the the sort of man that he becomes. You know, like the stern lawman that I'm familiar with, the sort of Clint Eastwood-style guy. He's, he's really like a sort of thin, sort of... Um, you know, toned, but quite thin person. Would you agree? Yeah, he looks like he could be played by, like, uh, Scott Glenn or something at this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, second story, do you want to take charge of this one? We, it's kind of, you know, you could take us through it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first off, I wanted to ask you, on this first page, there's a thing that says 2000 AD, and then it says Thrill 6. What's Thrill 6 uh, mean? I kept thinking it was the been, issue number. No, it would have meant it was the sixth story in the... It, 2000 oh, AD uh, at that okay. time, so they would have they would have called them thrills back in those days. Each individual story inside the prog, which is just the issue. Okay, cool. All right. Well, the second one is about a criminal, Joe Levine. I actually work with a guy named Joe Levine, so that's kind of funny. Um, he uh, is going to get a new face from this uh, new you instant genetic surgery. Oh, that's what the face uh, changer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, you there, Adam? Sorry, I think I'm cutting. You're cutting out every now and then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or hey, just, just, just pick, yeah, I can hear you. Just pick up from the face changer, and we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. So he's uh, at the new U instant genetic surgery, trying to get his face changed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not got any papers, so he holds the uh, lady hostage to. Yes. Get his face changed, and when he gets out, he's feeling a little cocky, uh, talking to the judge. I guess that's Judge Dredd, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then... <laughs> he says, "You ain't talk. You ain't taking me, Dredd. You're gonna get a gut full of lead. I warned you, lawbreaker. You have already killed six honest citizens. You shall kill no more." And then Dredd just, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't know how he recognized him, you know. So, but and then the big reveal is that it's his voice, right? Yes. Yeah. They say when you spoke, your voice pretty much the one sent to me by control. Controls like the central computer bank, I think, of the judges. Um, just like fingerprints, everyone's voice is different. All lawbreakers' voice prints are on file at Justice HQ. When will lawbreakers learn? In the twenty-first century, no one can escape justice. <laughs> and I do want to say, um, like, look, I'm not a huge fan. That 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 
that image where he says, you ain't taking me, Dredge, you're going to get a gut full of lead. I'm not a huge fan of the helmet design on that picture where Dredge saying, I warned you, Lawbreaker. But then you go to the next page, and doesn't that look fantastic with the, with the Lawmaster bike um, and, you know, crashing down on the guy? Just look. I actually was having a little trouble figuring out what was happening with the bike. Well, uh, he basically, um, yeah, he, he, well, yeah, he sort of like, I think, just rams him or comes down from above. Even I got you. Yeah, it's just kind of odd because the car looks so small. So I don't know if it's like he had smashed him and now he's coming closer to you know what would be. Actually, what did he do? The, the judge put his lower master bike on automatic. Then he jumped. What? Then the bike. Did the bike just destroy the car, and then he came down onto the bike? I guess the bike crashed in, or the car crashed into the wall where he was standing. Yeah, this while, is the judge he was, let back yeah. on his bike as the car crashed. Okay, yeah. so I see what he did. Yeah, like... But yeah, a very cool shot of the bike. It's a cool but shot. Yeah, the yeah, helmet, I think, doing. does need a little tweaking. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that nose piece... Like yeah, the nose too much going on around his eyes and nose. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, yeah, but that guy that guy gets what's coming to him, that's for sure. Um and then we But yeah. again, I was surprised like he has this brutal crash, but he's like alive where I was kind of expecting like Oh yeah, him to you be know, dead. Torn to pieces or something. Yeah, and, and they get there. I like I, yeah. I, I think um it's nineteen seventy seven. They'll probably a bit you know, I think at the beginning I'm no expert on British comics of the late seventies outside of two thousand D, but there was a lot of pushback uh, <clears throat> from sort of censorship groups and stuff, and uh, I think other titles such as Action had actually been cancelled that was handled by the same publisher for like a depiction of some punks killing like a um, uh, a police officer. So mm-hmm. they were always walking that fine line between obviously what the kids want, which is like you know blood and guts and violence. You know what I mean, like. And what the censorship boards would allow and stuff like that. Sort of like being edgy, but not too edgy, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to look at it in the context of the time. Like 1977, if I was getting this comic, I would have been like, hell yeah, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, and I don't mean that to like, you know, denigrate it just oh. uh, from what I was expecting based on what it was in these early days. But, yeah, you know, yeah. as we dig in, I'm sure... Things will evolve, just like in the Legion, you know, things exactly changed. Exactly. Wouldn't it be good to have a Legion Judge Dredd crossover? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be yeah. very cool. Yeah, like the Legion turn up in, like, Mega City 1 or something. That would be cool. Um, yeah. Now, we have here these people. Um, I, I like it where the judge is going, this sure beats out, this sure beats heading out speeding tickets, and he's just, like, gunning people down. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah, that's good. We I the will say, though, this story, I didn't really follow. I kind of thought it was one of the weaker ones of the... Yes, of the I would bu- agree. I would agree. Actually, completely agree with you on this point. Um, they're the Brothers of the Darkness, and um, what's going on here? Like, they're, they're running around, and the judges... Judge Dredd is basically going to be an undercover one. Am I right? I think that's right. Um... He's like an undercover brother of darkness, I'm pretty sure. Like he's in the hood. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think the storyline here. I agree. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the strongest stories, and and I must have almost skipped by it. But basically, what happens is, um, 
these guys can't stand the light, so he turns the lights onto full beam. Um, and, yeah, he, he leads the convoy of trucks to freedom. Now, the one thing I think that was probably important here was the wilderness from the Atomic Wars that affected the Brotherhood's eyes. <laughs> these poor slobs can only see in the dark, says Dredd, uh, you know, sympathetic as ever. Um is that it's the first look of the cursed earth, even though they don't call it the cursed earth, that's kind of the radiation wilderness. Because what we didn't say in setting this up, in case people aren't aware, um, basically the earth in the time of Judge Dredd is like an atomic wasteland in general. Um, and the mm-hmm. me- the mega cities, such as Mega City 1, uh, where people live, but outside of the megacities, I mean, it, it, it's an irradiated wasteland with, like, mutants and all sorts of crazy shit going on, you know, like, so the the, the world is on the verge of extinction um, out, right. and, outside. Uh, Megacity 1's, like, what, all over the East Coast, I think, and then Megacity yes. 2's all over the West Coast? I believe right. so, yeah, and then there's Texas City, um, uh, I think, and then there's there's cities down in like South America and stuff. There's cities on all the continents, including like in in Russia and stuff. But um, early on in the comic, of course, they haven't fleshed that out yet. But this is the first look at like there is a cursed earth or a wilderness outside the mega city. Yeah, and there's like giant animals and oh yeah, sex. there's all sorts of crazy shit. Like basically anything goes out there because they've all been affected by the radiation uh, from the atomic wars. So, oh, right. you know, so it is, a, it, like, that is that is a cool thing when you think about it. Uh, outside of the megacities, like, the, the Earth is, you know, screwed, basically. Um, so the, we're yeah, barely hanging we, on. They've set up a lot of, you know, story potential in the future just by the nature of the yeah. world, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, then we had the next storyline where um, the judges, America's lawmen of the 21st century, have a little spare time. Given a few minutes to relax, you would find Dredd in his apartment reading his law books. However, what are you South Sea, some South sea Island palm trees doing in the middle of my apartment? And Maria, the cleaning lady, enters, and she becomes a recurring character for a while, actually. Um, huh. She's certainly been in different, different things, and um, it's this guy saying he can project dream worlds into people's rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see Marius like, you will never enjoy yourself, Judge. All you think of is law, law, law. And he's like, to think I could get a robot cleaner for half the price and save all the nagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Something worth noting is, I guess this is probably the first uh, one where he's on the cover because uh, they put that in the book there. Oh, really? Oh, that's, the not, that's not in mine. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is that is important, actually. Um, yeah, because I guess at the beginning they don't know that Judge is going to be the character that takes off. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and also another thing is I have the best of Judge Dredd. It's like a big hardcover book. Yeah. Uh, this story, as well as the first story, are in that book. So I've actually read those before. Oh, sweet. Uh, but yeah, just just thought I'd note that for um, yeah, posterity. That, that's good. That's good. Um, so these things basically are, am I, am I right in saying they're sort of like, they can see into the minds, but then they become sentient or, or at least like the, like the King Kong monster, um, which was an old school practical effects monster, um, just goes nuts basically, doesn't it? Like, and, um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy. And then it's like, um, 
Krong, my beautiful Krong, his head's gone and he's falling on me. At least choke, we'll die together. And then Dread, I love the sign-off. All your dreams were crushed, O'Neill, but with dreams like yours, who needs nightmares? Um, because, like, this was the guy who was, he hated um, the the dream people because they were taking away from the practical effect monsters that he had. Yeah, and it's the, you know, the cleaning lady had let this guy in earlier in the story, and then he turns out to be the one that's the killer. Yes. I don't really remember if there was a link that he was trying to get close to the judge or if it was just a coincidence that he was in his house earlier. I don't know. He says, I hate sense around because they bring stupid dream worlds into people's apartments. No one wants to see monster movies anymore. All these lovely monsters are just left to rust. Look how insane the guy looks like in the drawing. And then it's yeah, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm going to change people's minds. I like it. I just like the, I like the craziness of these guys, like where they think that they're going to really circumvent all the judges and get away. Like his plan is so half-baked, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, he, it's it's almost not even a plan. And, you know, Dread obviously sorts him out, and then poetically he dies with his, you know, King Kong monster. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, is this... This one here is the... Is this the, the next face changer story? Or, no, or not? Um, I don't think so. No, okay. Um, no, it's not, because I'm thinking there's there's another one... Where, where the um, face changer, you know, the face changer story, where the guy the guy gets the face changer, but it's um, like the cheap version. Um, but I don't think that was in here. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Obviously, I'm... or you know, not not in what we read for the show. Okay, I guess. all right. Um, yeah, this one's about um, Frankenstein two, mm. uh, who takes pieces of I think like the poor people and give them to the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kidnap people and we'll trade them out. Uh, and, you know, Dread takes them down. I like uh, it when the kid says, why does the judge never smile, Ma? It's his job, child. It's tough upholding the law in Mega City 1. Yeah, yeah, I like the artwork here, yeah. of the, um, on page, um, I'm not sure what page it is, but like, there's the page where they're all fighting and that guy's going, ah, I like that artwork. It reminds me of some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles artwork in the 80s. Oh, um, yeah, I can see that. Where they're all firing their guns and stuff. Like, it's it's so raw, but I think it works, you know? Yeah, it's very uh, kinetic. Uh, cool. But yeah, then at the end, after he catches the Frankenstein 2 guy, he's actually, um, you know, grabbed one of the people that were getting the parts, the body parts. Mm by the throat and he says what did i do wrong and he's like receiving stolen goods yeah so that's right it's rich cats like you who kept frankenstein to in business you are the real villains (laughs) yeah classic um and then we gee i noticed they're always saying thrill six like obviously dread was coming in thrill six he wasn't even opening up the comic which i think he often does now you know Uh, i figured he would but yeah, yeah at this point I do love that design. Every time I see that design of Judge Red with the the blocky kind of font, but also the judge symbol, I think it's perfect. You know? Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, it the, really is. The, like... the badge is the U. Now this was a good one. This was when they designed the Statue of Judgment, which, by the way, supposedly towers over uh, Statue of Liberty. 
um, yeah. in later Sorry. stories. I think it gets even. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of. I think it's their kind of way of sort of saying we are taller than, you know, judgment has now, you know, up upscale liberty. If you know what I mean, like mm. outshone it kind of thing. Because obviously in Mega City One, there has to be harsh laws. You know what I mean? Like uh, freedom doesn't come without a price. Isn't isn't that the well, you know the cliche? Yeah, I mean it's almost kind of um, you know dictatorship. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> but this was all lost on Dave. He just thought he was a good guy. <laughs> oh well, no. I mean, I, I the way I see it is that is that the civilization is out of control. Like the city's out of control. So you need the harshest uh, of, of sort of like the judges, which, which you know, have sort of evolved from the police um, to, you know, police it, because otherwise it would just be complete chaos. That's how You're I thought. Wrong. That's how I always thought of it, man. Like, you know, to me. Um, anyway, so... These guys, I'm just trying to uh, get to groups of what's happening in the story. So, like, these guys um, are getting in a fight and then um, they're beating up a guy. Listen, Ringo, a siren, which is which is actually a rare thing. I, I didn't know the judges use sirens, and I'm not sure if they do. I, and I'd know it anywhere. It's Judge Dredd. And, like, they know Judge Dredd's siren. We can mm, deal with him. Yeah. He ain't a robot. He's human, I think. And we'll find out soon. Blast him. Eat lead, dread. So you think you can shoot a, ju- a judge, eh? And then he's like, just shooting them. <laughs> like, it's just like, they're just so easily dominated. It's so funny. Uh, and then Ringo is um, trying to escape. And then Dredd gets his hands on like, um, like a sort of, it's, it's kind of like a massive rifle basically, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. it's its not his yeah. normal thing. And he just... I, I think the artwork is so beautiful. And I think, actually, ahead of its time. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of... If I saw this, I would think this was more like mid-80s, late-80s, 2000 AD. But, like, that gun work is beautiful. And then he just, like, yeah. annihilates this guy and then says, no one can take liberties with the law. Yeah, and I wasn't sure. Does he get... Does he catch on to the yeah, Statue of Liberty? Impaled. Or does he... You get impaled by he it. Gets impaled on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't, what? You're not happy with that, or? No, no. I'm. You know. I'm glad. You know. <laughs> you know. I like the body count. You know. Yeah, I like the body count too. I mean, already, I think uh, in these early days, Adam, they're starting to satisfy your taste for blood, which you've obviously got, which I enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, but like, yeah. It, it, to listeners out there, and, and I do want to say thank you to anyone tuning in, and I know some 2000 experts listen who, you know, would know so much more than me. I mean, I, you know, but, like, the point of the story is if you come here expecting me to be critical of Judge Dredd, you've come to the wrong podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 can't am, I can't even remember a day reading Judge Dredd where I've really been critical of Dredd, ever. Um... He said, I'm showing some compassion, and I'm like, okay, let him, you know, I suppose so for this particular incident and this particular story. You know what I mean? Like, I'll stretch my belief that way. But normally when he's just dishing out punishment to lawbreakers, I mean, I'm 100% on board. And I, I, yeah. I, I saw something the other day where, 
and I don't mean to make this political, but it was someone on Facebook saying, I'm really not a fan of, like, police officers who are fans of Judge Dredd. It's like, oh, calm down, love. Like, you know, people are allowed to like fictional characters. You know what I mean? Like, I like Dirty Harry. I don't go out in streets just blazing, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, what people are fans of in their private lives is not really indicative of, you know... Yeah, but like... <laughs> you know, I will say the whole... Uh, you know, the Punisher symbol being used on, like, police uniforms seems inappropriate to me, but, uh, <laughs> like, like that said, if they are, you know, they like to read Punisher, that's fine. Yeah, you know, but, but, but like, I, I, I'll be honest, like, you know, I don't know about cops using the symbol, like, that's kind of a grey area, but, like, military people using it, I'm like, okay, I get it, you're out there in the fucking Iraq or Afghanistan fighting insurgents, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you've got a Punisher symbol on your thing. You know, like, you know, whatever. I'm just like, you're out there risking life and limb kind of thing. Shit's pretty intense, you know? Um, yeah, I see your point. Yeah. I, look, I, it's just not It's just not something that keeps me up at night. But I just want to say that. If, if you're some, like, massive left-winger coming in off a long run, like, just chill out, enjoy it, like, you know, relax. <laughs> you know, this isn't going to be like, we hate Judge Redathon I just want to make that point right now in episode one, you know? Right, and I almost feel like these early stories are almost um, criticism-proof just because, you know, they're just fun and, yeah. you know, very raw. Yeah, Exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I like this storyline about this guy who's in the old-style car, uh, you know, and... Kind of looks like Charles Bronson in that first Yeah, he does picture. look a bit like Charles Bronson, yeah, with the... Yeah, I agree. Um, and I like the artwork in this one too. And I and I noticed they seem like they've sort of modified the helmet a bit. If you notice the the bit below the nose guard is now more straight. Yeah, it's less. The other one almost looked like it was shaped to like, like a skull, whereas this is more like a yeah. They seem to be helmet. adjusting yeah. the helmet round a bit. Now the most notable thing in this that I completely forgotten is there's a segment where they coat. Um, Dread's helmet with the plastic coating. Um, okay, but before we do, I want to see what the judge's face looks like under the helmet. Take it off, Dread. Very well, Lawbreakers. And they go, ah, what's happened to Dread's face? It's horrible. And it's like censored. Dread's face has, in my knowledge, never been shown. Uh, <laughs> ever. In, and uh, well, I'm, I'm very confident. Like, ever. You've seen it when it's been horribly, horribly burned and there's nothing but scar tissue. Um, which he later gets like a you know like a face graph for, but like he's never shown it. But in this one, they actually do show it, and if not for the censored panel, but they make it seem like he's got these horrible scars. Um, yeah, which you know I didn't think that was generally a thing, but I didn't know what you. Well, no, your I, I, was. I, I mean outside of that storyline in the nineties where his face got massively burnt, right? Um, I can't think of any time where. You know, you know that he's had all these scars, but um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess as a judge who deals in such you know extreme situations all the time, kind of like the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, is he all beat up inside, kind of thing? You know, under under all the under all the padding and all the armor and all that, because like he's fighting almost a one man war on crime every day. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's sense. the most noticeable thing in this storyline, and I think it's a good one to remember um, because, yeah, they just actually show it. And actually, if it wasn't for the censored panel, you would see it. 
I hope they never show it. Like, I really do. I hope they never go that route of... And that's that unfortunate thing. You know, like, DC would have shown it by now because it would be like that, that storyline where you, everyone buys it to see his face, you know? Um, but I hope Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, they would have kind of sold out... Well, like uh, Wolverine's like Origins, the... you know, like Wolverine's Origin. Yeah, it got a big sales bounce, but right. then it's like, oh man, we're stuck with this crappy Origin. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you've been talking about that a lot lately. How he's only like well, been around since the 1800s, which I thought was yeah. a bizarre choice. You're making it seem like I'm making these really kind of cool, detailed comments about it, but <laughs> really, it's just the same complaint. <laughs> 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 it's me. I was also I, gonna say, you should uh, say repeating that, that a lot. Yeah, it's true. He does. Yeah, yeah Dave repeats himself a lot. FYI. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but but I don't know. I just I, I hope they never show his face. You know. Yeah, for sure. I, that's what I was gonna say too. Is that Sly Stallone movie? They definitely did. Um, but yeah, I know with the other, but, like that was Sly. Like, uh, look, I want to. We'll do that movie when we're down the track. And look, I, I loved that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not that critical of Sly showing his face. It is Sly Stallone, after all. Like, a big star. Um, I don't know. I, I Look, I, I get it would have been cooler for him not to do it, but I can also understand why he did it. Like, I mean, he's a oh, sure, yeah. know, huge star kind of thing. Like, And, and, and I, I honestly think it was a really big get for them. I... I'm actually very praising Sly for for taking that role and all that. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I reckon that was probably pretty good. You know, it kind of felt like around that era, you know, was when DC was getting the license where it seemed like, at least in the States, they were really pushing him. And, mm. you know, it, to me, it seems like it really worked to help solidify yeah, you know, I think so. some of his popularity. I, I think that movie gets a bad rap. Bad rap. I, I actually think it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, you don't watch it expecting, like, the most... Uh, sort of accurate Judge Red stuff, but it's got a, it's got elements in it, like when he's talking about the Long Walk and all that, and like Judge Fargo's in it. Like there's 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 really cool bits and pieces in it, like in that film. Like I don't know, I I I can watch that movie and have a good time every time, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years, but I'd actually be down to watch it um, again. I uh, you know people always say uh, what's the other one? Demolition Man mm. is mm. better. But you know, I feel like I might prefer Judge Dredd, and I only mention those because they could seem kind of similar in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I like both. Um, I would prefer Dredd over uh, Judge Dredd over Demolition Man, but mm-hmm. I, do, I I enjoy both actually. Uh, Demolition Man's the one with Wesley Snipes as well, isn't it? Yeah, huh? yeah, it's good. It's a fun movie as well. Yeah, it's got the the seashells and the fast food wars, which people yeah. seem to really <laughs> like those little jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's just a bit of fun, really. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, now, here we had um, the sort of precursor to the Robot Wars. Oh, you know, real quick, I want to go back a page real quick. Mm. I kind of found it kind of funny. You know, it was just a dumb thing. But this guy jumped on this moving walkway that goes 500 feet per second. Yeah. I feel like Dredd could probably still catch him because 500 feet is only like a tenth of a mile. And this guy looks like he weighs, you know, you know. Yeah, he's a pretty heavy guy. Like so, <laughs> you know, even if Judd, you know, you got like a three second lead on uh, Dread, it's only like a tenth of a mile. Yeah, so. Dread could catch him. Yeah, Dread, Dread, yeah. Dread. Yeah, you're right. But but Dread outsmarted him anyway. True. Yes, yeah, that's true. So it was it was pretty funny actually. Um, yeah. Now then we had the precursor to the to the War of the Robots. 
called the Robot Wars, um, uh, which has these these. <laughs> it's pretty cruel, actually. This guy getting his robot to go into the flames, and he's like begging, um, and they're like saying the robot's crying, and you see Dread going, "I prefer old-fashioned robots, stupid things with no feelings. They cause no problems." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like this one. I, you know, there's a lot of like fun stuff seeing how technology's developed and how people have kind of grown cold or cruel towards it, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, it it really is a um, it's a precursor, uh, and then it ends with I would not have caught this lawbreaker without this bloodhound robot. But that heap of metal down there was a robot too. How long before robots discover? How to break the law, you know, and that's yeah. that's dread asking that question. And guess what? The very next episode, call me Kenneth. One of the original, uh, and I, I think this is the first story that that's multi-part. Um, it ran for like yeah. I think seven parts in the in the comic, and and really mm-hmm. seven parts of like what about six or seven pages? So not not huge. Still still only a you know that forty-five, forty to fifty range story but i i thought this was a great story this call me kenneth story um yeah i really liked it and it was nice having the like recurring characters i think that's one thing i was kind of missing yeah in those first stories you know just nice to kind of even if they don't recur after the story to have them throughout is good i, I want to say great image when dreads saying i sentence you to disintegration and like blows his head off that's just a beautiful beautiful image um you know, I assume it's Carlos Esquizara on art duties. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think that's Mike McMahon. I think that's Carlos Esquizara. And I think, you know, his his style really evolves as as the 70s turn into the 80s, you know, into something quite different. But I think it just looks great. Um, you know, and then Call Me Kenneth doesn't... He, even with his head blown off, he's still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He says, I have steel appeal. <laughs> and he's got... He's got like a like a buzz saw or something. Like <laughs> he looks like what I what I use what I use in Doom actually. Um, yeah, no, he's really really going on. And then then he says at the end, until today, no one believed robots could de- deliberately commit crime. This is only the first. How many will follow? If we judges don't act fast, we may find ourselves facing the greatest threat Mega City One has ever known. And you notice there that now instead of just Mega City, he's saying Mega City One. Yeah, I think they said Mega City One uh, back a little bit, but yeah, it definitely says it here too. Yeah, and that and, and that's great because, like, I mean, it's it's really starting to build that universe so quickly, which I think is great. How it all starts falling into place. Yeah, uh, yeah, very very cool. And then we ha- we're we're back again in the in the Council of Judges and the Chief Judge, who I like the way he's like that big eagle chair. Um. And Dredd, uh, yeah, that's cool. Dread wants to turn in his shield. I can no longer serve you. I hand him my shield, and like he just throws it down. Like, you know, big big day for Judge Red if he's gonna like you know turn away. And, I, and I've got to say, the artwork here is obviously quite different. Um, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's quite different, and it has it has uh, call me Kenneth. Uh, <laughs> he's got please not the carpenter's drill, and he's like killing comes easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I also, uh, you know, Dred's a bit of a bigot here about the robots, you know. Well, I mean, in what sense? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's saying all robots are, you know, evil just based on that one experience, you know, just 
you know, not uh, <laughs> you yeah, know. Hold I mean, on, the, kind of the, the robots. The robots are out causing havoc here. This is a genuine uprising. Some of them are sure. Well, a lot of them. Like the the problem, I think, is like that they treat them like absolute slaves, you know, and um, and then it flips, you know, and so like it's it's kind of like you've treat like I know they're not humans, but. You've treated this underclass so poorly that when they kind of get the, you know, switch flipped, um, they've they've got right cause to be angry, kind of thing. Right, know? and uh, they even talk about I think like Asimov's laws, which would be the you know yes. Isaac Asimov came up with those laws laws for robots and how they're breaking those. Thanks, Isaac. You know, Jesus Christ, rules. how many times have we seen that milked over the years? You know. Like, yeah. oh, wait, no, seriously, I, I find, I'll be honest, I find his books so boring um, that I've, I've never, never really read. I like the iRobot movie. Yeah, Will Smith. it was good. But, like, I've read one or two Isaac Asimov stuff, and I'm just like, you know what, this is putting me to sleep. Um, I mean, I can imagine, too, just because it was pretty, you know, what, it was, what, 50s? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, give me this any day of the week. You know, in terms of, like... How about the the they still look like Clark Kent's with like little umbrellas, and then and then they're going stop stop you can't do this get back to your desk slaves like that guy's <laughs> yeah. and then he, he gets tossed off the thing yeah but, like, uh, he gets no, they just don't even stopped. make it subtext either he just yeah he just gets outright stopped. calls them slaves yeah he, yeah and then and then he's like you crazy androids and they're killing him with the umbrellas. And then, no, you, I didn't you know, that. That's cool. so there's, there's there's shit going on. Then I like, guess who comes back? Who will lead us now? Judge Red is gone. And then Judge Red's like, Judge Red is here. And he comes in through the doorway yeah, yeah. with his hands on his hips, puts the shield back on where it belongs. I remember um, as, a, as a young man, the, an episode like many years after this where Dredd they had on the the title of it, I quit. And he's, and he's like throwing his badge at the, at the council. And it really affected me as a, when I was picking the comic up. I was like, "Oh no, Judge Red's quitting!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "How will we go on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember having those kind of uh, things. Like, I think there's a Flash issue where it's like, "If you don't buy this book, I'll die" or something. And it's like, I didn't buy the book. He must be dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Set your log, give a gun stop on high explosive men, blast the road worker robots. Like, and here we see the uh, Mega City 1 Tri-D. This is a pretty standard thing in, in, in Judge Dredd to have reporters uh, focusing on calling, sort of commentating on the action as it's happening, mm-hmm. um, which I like. I, I think yeah, that's, that's cool. a, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and we see here, like, these, the heavy metal kids are kind of like the you know, the tank robots and um, the, the demolition robots and they're going crazy. And I like the way the judges are sort of pressed to the limit. So we're seeing like a lot of judges and um, you get the sense like this is a, like even though the world isn't fully developed, you get the sense these robots are a genuine threat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like all the judges are out in force. Yeah, all the judges are out in force, exactly. And you notice how it says police, the... the um, the uh, when is if we don't end this war soon, not one human will be left alive in Mega City One. Um, Dreads collapse from exhaustion. Got to get him to his apartment. 
He's like so tired <laughs> from fighting. He's like, he'll be okay. Look after him, Maria. He hasn't ate or slept for seven days, just killing robots. He needs rest. He's almost like a robot himself. And then it's so yeah. funny because then Dred's like, um, um, he 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 just he, he just refuses to um to rest. Get yeah, off, woman. He's it. Yeah, get off, woman. I'm going after Call Me Kenneth. Too many judges have died already. We cannot risk more. War leader against war leader. That is how it should be. I, Judge Red, will destroy Call Me Kenneth, and I will do it alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to go back real quick to what you were saying about the Trides. I do kind of like that because these guys, you know, the reporters, they look like they're dressed for war. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the magazine, I almost feel like it would be interesting to have like a, uh, an arc about one of these guys, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure, and, I, and I'm sure there are storylines uh, as you go through. There's a really funny one I read, a much, much, much later story in the 90s, where it, it's a block. So just so you're aware, in Mega City 1, um, the blocks are like little mini cities where people live. And yeah, you can go outside the block, but to a lot of... Like, imagine like a massive, 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 massive sort of casino-style sort of thing where you, and with shops and everything... And you, you is know, it like in the you know pretty much like in that second movie? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's that that is a block. Gotcha. Yeah, that is a block. Now, Are they all like indoors and like yes, skyscrapers? Yeah. Well, okay. skyscrapers and all that. But like anyway, in this block, everyone's a commentator. So when this person enters the um enters the block, you know, committing some crime and dreads chasing him, all the people in the block are all commentating to different <laughs> channels about like uh, what's happening. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it is funny. And they're doing it, no matter how dangerous it gets, they're still doing that kind of almost reporter style. We're like, it's it's a war zone here, and we're very close to the action. <laughs> you should uh, track that one down. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, I will. I'll, 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 I'll put that one into the next show. It's a good one. Um, then we have, as we, as we flip the page, we see Walter the Robot, um, who becomes Judge Red's uh, robot, uh, and it's it's Walter, the old vending machine robot. Fear is giving his mechanical voice a lisp, and then Dread decides to give him a chance. Um, I too like Walter, um, but great. I also thought it was weird they called it a lisp. To me, a lisp would be like when you have it like a problem with your S. Yeah, now but... Walter's like Walter likes Wobo doggies. It's like Walter from Wimbledon. Like that's how he. Yeah, talks. like. Um... Elmer Fudd, like a, more like a, just a, I yeah. guess a speech impediment, but yeah. I, I don't know a lot about that stuff. But yeah, but anyway. but that is Walter pops up a lot. He's pretty cool, Walter. Um, oh, really? So he does kind of carry on after this, or yeah? I mean, he's not in it. Like I mean, he becomes Dred's like house robot kind of thing. You know, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but he's you know he's in them intermittently. I guess is how you would say. Um, okay. So yeah, so basically Walter uh, goes undercover. And it's pretty funny, but then he good uh, goodbye, dear Judge Dredd. Remember Walter, and it's like um, it's looking pretty bad for Dredd here. He's actually captured, and then you have on the next page. I thought this thing was like evil, like this black um, blockbuster seven, um, slightly phallic looking robot with the, the weird grin on it. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even really notice him. It's a crazy looking design. And and the artwork is just so down and gritty, isn't it? Like my God, like there's so much detail. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lines. There's a lot of lines, man. Like Jesus Christ, like these guys, you know, they worked hard. And For sure. um, this was weekly, right? You said. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I th- so he is doing like as many. You know, Batman comes out every month and it's twenty pages. He's mm. doing. You know, this guy's doing twenty some pages a month too. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's really interesting. Uh, Two thousand D have a um, uh, a podcast. Uh, I think it's called Thrill Power, and it's really interesting. The one of the guys he runs like the marketing department or something. Um, interviews people um, who worked in 2008 or still working in 2008 AD and yeah just you know the the grind of it kind of thing you know like it it, it burns through people I think you know to, to get yeah. the pages out on time and stuff it would be a challenge and for the editors as well to make organise it all to, to get the pages like they have the editors talking about it saying how going to the magazine which was um, monthly and fortnightly and monthly like it flipped around but yeah. like it was such a relief having more time, whereas the 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 prog, you know, the gen, the issue of two thousand D just always needs content, you know, to fill its pages. Oh yeah, it's like you got to put Batman out here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, interesting. Uh, it takes, I think, a special kind of person to be able to do that, because um, it's just kind of a quiet job, a lonely job, where you're drawing for, sure. you know, eight hours a day at least, and. It's just kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Kurt Swan, Superman uh, artist. Yeah. He pumped yeah. the pages out, didn't he? Dick yeah, Dillon. about Jack Kirby? Jack Kirby was doing Jack like three Kirby. or four books a month. I just don't even know how he did it, frankly. I don't, I don't you know, it's crazy how they can do it. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, still today, regardless of whether we like them or not, you've got people doing it, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Now, anyway, how about when Corbin Kenneth goes? Yes, I'm a big. F-. There was there was a human, just like you, uh, back in the 20th century. His name was Adolf Hitler, and then Corbin Kenneth's like, "Yes, I'm a big fan of Adolf Hitler." I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just to make sure that you're just a hundred percent evil, Corbin Kenneth. Corbin Kenneth is <laughs> completely. Uh, and I hadn't read these issues in a long time, so I just remembered Corbin Kenneth as the the leader of the robot wars. And in my memory, I would have assumed he was more sympathetic, but he's just flat out evil. Yeah, he really isn't like, you know, it, we've seen how the robots are treated, which isn't great, which makes them sympathetic. But in his case, it's just like the worst possible guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Leading the resistance. Badly beaten. Judge is left alone. And then, um, and then he's got, I quite liked it though. He's got the, the handcuffs talking to him. I ain't a yeah. bad robo cover to heart, pal. A visiting I do to cheer you up, sing sing to you, play a word game, maybe. Like it's just funny. <laughs> like And then the the acid goes on and then the, the robo uh, cuff uh obviously dies. Yeah, but Corbin Cannon is just a nutbag. Um and yeah. then I do like Walter though. He's bringing the he says Gwub for the prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on the production floor, a strange change takes place. This is after um, Dred's programmed them. Um, Hail Kumi Kenneth, Hail Kumi Kenneth, and then I am slave of the humans. I am the slave of the humans. <laughs> like, so we switched the programming. Um, and so they call, Kumi Kenneth's robots call humans fleshy ones. And um, whereas the other ones call them humans. So there's a division. Uh, in the in the highest thing in in Kumi Kenneth's forces now, so Judge Red successfully, um, you know, he, for, not for the first time, and certainly not for the last time, 
he he really gets involved in these disasters that are just constantly threatening Mega City One. Um, you know, he really he really gets to the bottom of it. And then so Call Me Kenneth is still going. I am Call Me Kenneth, King of the Robots. I will rule Mega City One. Um, and we have I'm just watching scenes of like obviously violence. Um, they're destroying robots. Uh, the robots, uh, the heavy metal kids are going on just a killing spree. Smash, crash, bash, mash. Come and get it, human trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just full-on war, basically. <laughs> then, um, the robots are, being, are beating each other into the ground. Call Me Kenneth has been down. The war is over. Um, uh, but then thousands kill, but we've won. The last of the rebel robots are being rounded up. Uh, many saw Call Me Kenneth fall from a crushing blow, but his body is nowhere to be found. Grave news, if Call Me Kenneth still lives, then my war is not over yet. There is still a, a final showdown to come. Um, and then we have, in the last one, we have the... And for a second, I thought they were going to leave it as an open ending. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I see. But they wrap it up, and we have the reporter again, or a reporter... Uh, you've tuned into another edition of Crime Time. The war with the robots is over, but robot leader Call Me Kenneth is still at large. And basically, this is just Dread hunting him down. And um, it's pretty cool, actually. Uh, Call Me Kenneth must carry on, do more bad things. Like, he's just completely unrepentant. Uh, and then, basically, he dies. Um, he says, Call Me Kenneth rules, and he dies as the tanker explodes. Um, so that is the end for Call Me Kenneth. Um, and Dredd is awarded. I quite like this page where Dredd's, um, r- robot, sorry, Robot Walter is awarded, uh, like a, um, what do you call it? Like, it's like a sash by the, by the two oh, women yeah. who put it on him and the, and the chief judge is there and, um, he's a free robot, but he's like groveling to Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's also like they didn't learn very much from the situation. No. They're just like the humans, that is, because they only granted like three robots, or at least, I don't know, did they only grant Walter the only freedom Walter, after this Walter, huge yeah. uprising? Only Walter. He, 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 and, then, and then you've got all these people yelling out, freedom! <laughs> but, like, yeah. but they're all slaves that are yelling it out. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, he's the only one. Um, yeah, so then he turns up, uh, the, at uh, Dred's apartment, and Maria's complaining, Walter is tired of freedom, Master. Walter looks after you now. And she's like, I want him out, Judge. And the citizens think we judges have it easy. I think I'd rather fight another robot war. And Dred's like, got his hand. <laughs> head in his hands. <laughs> Dred's like, curse them. So, look, a, a very raw start. I, I hope we've covered it sufficiently for those at home. Um, but I wanted to get your feelings on it, Adam, as a piece, having read that. And thank you for reading, because I know it's raw early, but I still think it's very enjoyable. Yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, like, yeah, like you said, raw, but um, yeah, like I was going to say before, we, uh, I was kind of looking for the next thing to kind of do a deep dive on, so it's cool sure. to get in here on the early stuff and see what it's like and you know, learn more about Dread, but yeah, it was, it was fun. I know when I read, um, the cursed earth, I felt like it was pretty still consistent with this kind of tone. Mm. Um, 
but uh, you know, I liked the little one shot stories, and then now when they branched out to the what ten parter or whatever, yeah. I think they handled it pretty well, pretty good pacing. So yeah. yeah, excited to read more. Oh, for sure. And I mean, for me, it's just a pleasure to go back because what they did was, you know, I mentioned the best two thousand eight monthly. At a certain period, just when I was starting to sort of my interest in 2000, they were starting to wane. They started putting out the complete Judge Dread, so Judge Dread from the start, in like monthly things, just like the best 2000 monthly. So I remember back in the early 90s, they started putting all this stuff out from the start again, and I was getting back into it again really heavily because it wasn't stuff I'd read. Because back then, of course, the reprints weren't so easily available. You know? Right, yeah, and I was just loving it, man. I was just like, just the, just to go back to where it all begins, kind of thing. Sometimes, you know, um, yeah, for sure. And then now I thought, in and we're going to do this on the on the signal because um, on the sorry on dread or dead because I want Adam and myself to enjoy some more modern stuff uh, along with the classic stuff. And so, and this time I chose one of my favorite stories, a one shot. Uh, called The Man Who Killed Judge Dredd. And it came out in the very early 90s. Um, and I want to thank Wooly Russell, uh, who is a big Judge Dredd fan, a big 2000D fan, who I, I, I described the story from my memory from back then. And I'm like, I can't find it in the case files. Well, it turns out it was part of this thing called Heavy Metal Dredd. Uh, which was in the 90s, early 90s, they sort of had like Simon Bisley and other artists sort of doing like a more hyper version of Judge Dredd. Um, yeah. Which, frankly, I mean, a lot of times Judge Dredd was during that period, but it was particularly heightened. And and so it was kind of supposedly, it, it was, if you could imagine, normal Dredd just dialed up to about 11, basically. That was the concept. And, and I kind of liked that about it. And I guess now that you're providing that context, I see... Um, what you're saying? Yeah, and and look, I mean, I I, I love this storyline. So the storyline is of, of this guy, um, and the artwork is beautiful. Colin McNeil, who who is a really gifted artist, who who did like Judge Dredd well, Kismo. So uh, hold on, real quick, just to clarify, this is from the magazine, right? Uh, it was, yes, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, I wasn't sure. All, all I could remember from my memory was I read it in like 1991. You know, and I couldn't I remember if I read it in the... I, I thought I read it in... I knew it was a one-shot, and I thought I read it in 2000 AD, but it turns out Woolly found it for me, and it was in a magazine, and it was also reprinted in the heavy metal trade paperback, oh, which okay. I've got. I got gotcha. um, mm-hmm. and, and you got the magazine, uh, which I yeah. flicked you across. So, yeah, so anyway, um, the storyline is just a funny story of this guy. Um, he wants to get a rep as a fighting man, so he's a bit of a lad. And because uh, he knew when other fighting men passed his cube, they looked with respect in their eyes and they'd say, well hard, well hard. And by grud, they'd mean it. Um, and all he wants to do is kill Judge Dredd, basically. That's his goal in life. Would you agree? Um, yeah. With his, with his bare hands. And he's just like a, he's like a sort of like, I mean, I don't, he's like Henry Rollins style, kind of like, in terms yeah, yeah. Of, like full on just punk, like very muscly, um, just a hard man. And he comes down. He comes down, and uh, what happen? What happens to him? The the dread shoots him to start with. Oh, so I see what you're saying. So originally, dread's like you get off the street, and then he challenged him and said, "Make me." And then dread fired his bike cannon at his leg. 
Yeah, and then he drags him onto the sidewalk, it looks like. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you said earlier he was coming out to fight him, and I was like, I don't think, yeah, he was maybe, but I don't think that... No, I think uh, he was. No, he, he, But I don't think Dredd knew that. No, though, Dredd didn't point. know that. He was trying to fight him, but, like, you, I agree with you, Dredd, unleashing the bike cannon um, on a guy who's refusing to move was a was a was a strong reaction, I guess you could say. But like, <laughs> for, you know. sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. But anyway, the 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 guy's leg just disintegrates. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, name Wallard. He's like, your identification identification says Ponsley Manilow. <laughs> I spit on Ponsley Manilow. One Wallard. Well, well. You got six months on the traffic violation, six more for disobeying a judge, and you also spat. We'll throw an extra three for spitting. And I like the way Dredd's smiling when he does it. I, I know, I, yeah, this I, this Dredd is pretty hardcore. Yeah, I love this kind of Dredd where he's just like, you know, um, yeah, this is this is a certain era of Dredd which I I love personally. Um, and then anyway, so the guy says his time in the cube and he has to hop along because he's only got one leg. Yeah. Um, this time there'd be no warning and he goes to try to like go off the top of like an overpass onto Dread, but unfortunately he misses Dread and then gets s- smashed uh, by a passing you know, truck or something and he's like well 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 just born to be a traffic hazard aren't you <laughs> yeah I almost was wondering when I was reading it if uh, Dread like backed up over him but I don't think that's the case that's a good question um, and I, I can see why you're saying that because of the. It almost looks like the eagle on the on the on on the bike, but I don't think so. I, I, yeah, I don't either. I, I think it's that just a passing car did that to him. And anyway, so then the guy's totally destroyed. Over two dozen bo- broken bones, lost an arm and his other leg, and got an extra year for the traffic offence. But he didn't care. He was well hard. And then he comes out next time, just this massive cybernetic sort of like freak show with like a death's head sort of like wheelchair <laughs> and uh, and and the robot arm. <laughs> just it's just craziness. And then he um he's got like rockets on it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it so much. And then uh, he could have done it too. Well, almost, sort of. Well, he almost definitely might have if it hadn't been for those rocket-powered wheels going haywire. He's like, I'm well hard. Creep's causing a massacre. Got to bring him down. High explosive, which is one of my favourites. And then, and then Dredd just destroys him. He never did get that rep, but he didn't care because he was well dead. And then there's just the picture of Dredd like, holding his lawgiver. <laughs> yeah, I like it. This was a fun story. Um... The artwork, I know it's not the exact artist, but some of these artists in this uh, look kind of more like the the Batman Judge Dredd stuff that we get. Yes, yeah, you're right. And that was Simon Bisley, who was like a massive 2008D artist who then went on to do like Lobo, um, and he did those yeah. Judge Dredd, uh, at least the first one, the Judge Dredd crossover, which I think is an awesome story. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but um, look, that was... I was just plucking from my brain from like the thousands of issues I've read. That was a storyline. You know, you know when you have a storyline you really enjoyed, but it's only a one shot and finding a one shot in the gigantic ocean of Judge Red can be very challenging, especially sure. yeah, especially when I've only got a vague memory of it and you know, I mean, I, I, I can narrow it down. I, I narrowed it down enough that Wooly Russell found it for me and I was so pleased. And then ironically, I actually had it on my shelf, which was the hilarious thing. You know? Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, 
Now that 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 is, I think, there's a lot of storylines as good as that, but in essence, that is our first show of Dread or Dead. Um, we'll come back next show. We'll continue with the Case Files one. We'll also, I'll probably throw in two storylines of more modern stuff, including the one you we mentioned about the commentator. Um, yeah. Because I'll find that one for you, and I'll and I'll and I'll think of something else that's that's a good one. Um, but yeah, man, what was it? How was your feelings that you know, you know this, this first entry into serious dread world? Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, uh, looking forward to you know seeing how the world develops, sure. uh, get into the world building. Some I always say that if I was a judge, I'd be like Judge Red. I'd sleep with my little law book. You know, <laughs> like just... I know that you would. Uh, you know, judges, I can tell you this, they they sleep in sleep machines. So when they come off, I always love this, when they come off the streets and they do like a 20-hour shift or something, Judge Red will go and sleep in a sleep machine for like 10 or 20 minutes and it gives them oh, like a cool. night's sleep. But they have to go on a roster, so they have to have, that's why he has an apartment. They have to spend some actual time sleeping and resting naturally as well. Hmm. Um, because yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, because the sleep machine can only, you know, go on for so long like that until they need an actual proper rest. But I'll say this right now, if anyone listening, I consider Judge Dredd to, can stand easily alongside, like, the best American comics pound for pound. You know, I think it's that good a title. I think John Wagner, who, you know, was the primary writer, and Alan Grant, who wrote Batman for a long time as well, and Lobo, also mm-hmm. massive long writer on Judge Dredd, and other two of these stories. I, I mean, I, these guys can stand pound for pound with the best best writers in the business, and, and the artists they get on Dread, um, really, some of these art, artists are just fantastic, really. You know? Right, yeah, and a lot of them, you know, we were trying to steal for American sure. comics, right? And Well, John Wagner was quite resistant. John Wagner was quite resistant as a, as a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he did do some American comics, like History of Violence and stuff, but... Um, and some Batman, but like, you know, he stayed... Oh, you say John Wagner wrote A History of Violence? Yes. Yeah, he did. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Alan Grant, though, had a long career in American comics. Like, he wrote Batman oh, yeah. for a long time, wrote Lobo for a long time, wrote um, that Legion book, yeah? Yep, well. L-E-G-I-O-N. Yeah. Uh, he's a fantastic writer, Alan Grant. I'd love to get Alan Grant on the signal, um... Often, um, you know, we chat to Chuck Dixon a lot, big friend of the show, um, who I know loves Judge Dredd as well. And, I mean, he, he tells great stories about Alan Grant and stuff, like, because he worked with him in the Batman offices. Um, and yeah. he, he's a real character, I believe. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think these guys are, you know, I, I think they're as good as anybody out there, really, honestly. And Joe Wagner has stuck around on Dread for so many years, and he's provided so many good stories, you know, like, really honestly, like... I just think he's he's tremendous. So a lot of respect for them. And the artists they get on them. You look at the artists who, you know, Carlos Esquizara, Brian Boland, like Mike McMahon, and then you've got Simon Beasley, Colin McNeil. Like these, so many artists that have lent their, I love that they lend their vision to one character. And it can be so different, you know, like, but the essential nature of the character doesn't change. But the look of it, you know, has such a personality of its own. Um, I always think that's cool, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, look, in essence, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, Dread or Dead is part of the Signal of Doom um, uh, network, I guess you could say. Um, we have a Patreon page if anyone's interested. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. 
please check us out on the regular Signal of Doom um, episodes. Um, they're all available, um, you know, online, iTunes, wherever. Um, and we record Signal of Doom weekly. Adam and I do Legion Outpost. Uh, you know, basically, we're going we're to do it once a month now. We're going to do this once a month as well, I think, basically. is going to be the plan, don't you think, yeah. Adam? Yeah. I so, think so. Yeah. And so uh, we do have to work in uh, well, some more flashbacks we sometimes. Will. So we will. We we'll will. probably take a break from both to do one of those just every now and then. We definitely will. But the, the, the nuts and bolts of stories is going to be plenty more Dread or Dead, and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Class dismissed.